Welcome to the Pumping Irony Podcast. We are back. Again. <laughs> Again we're back. We're back, yes. We have actually never gone anywhere, but we just have not been sitting in a room together in front of a mic in a while. It has been three months since we had our last podcast out. Um, we did record a episode in between, but once again, uh, my computer crashed. Um, yep. Start off, let's go around the room, introduce ourselves. My name is Tim Quake, and with me is my friend Russ. Say hello. Hi, I'm Russ. I will not be talking about Sing Street, because that seems to be what <laughs> kills our podcast. <laughs> right. And also with me is Andrew. Yeah. Hi, I will talk about Sing Street just to see what happens. <laughs> we are three friends, and we all live in Columbia, Maryland, and we talk about things we like and things we dislike on our podcast. And so, like you see, yeah, we had a we had an episode that, that was lost, and uh, we did talk about Sing Street for the second time, and uh, we all liked it, and we've all now seen it. And, and uh, we've so, now doomed this episode. That's right. <laughs> Sorry. This, this will be the third time's a charm, as they say. Yeah, so Sing Street, and we also talked about if you want to go see a good Broadway play, go see Beautiful, and if you want to see a great television show on Netflix, watch Black Mirror. I have finally caught up and seen, well, not, I just caught up with episode, uh, season three. I've seen all episodes of season three, the last episode. Whew, man. So good. So those are things that you, you, uh, we, we didn't talk about, or we did talk about, but got lost through the so ages. you'll never hear it. But yeah, go see Sing Street, one of my favorite movies, and the soundtrack's excellent. <laughs> And uh, that, Should we just like, leave now and right. now we're in the next hour? <laughs> but today, uh, we're going to do something different. Um, well, it, a year ago, we put out our first podcast, and we talked about uh, Star Wars Episode Seven, The Force <laughs> Awakens. And, uh, and so this year, uh, we have a new Star Wars movie that came out, and so we're going to kind of do the same thing. This is what we, we did a whole year of podcasts. Um, we got 12 out in the year. <laughs> Um, yeah, wasn't the goal, but you know, you take three months <laughs> off and you're not going to record any, and you lose a couple episodes. It just um, makes everything complicated. But we got we got twelve down once a month. Um, our, our goal was twice a month. We didn't have we didn't hit it, but you know, hey, we're not getting paid for this. We're just all for fun, and uh, hopefully you're enjoying them. Hope you enjoyed the twelve episodes, and uh, who knows what the new year will will hold. Maybe we'll we'll get more out, but we make no promises. So so this episode, we're just going to talk about the new Star Wars movie, Rogue One. A Star Wars story. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Episode 3.5. Episode 3.9. More like it. 3.99. So, um, <laughs> this is not a spoiler-free podcast. Uh, we, we mentioned that last oh, year right. uh, when we talked when we talked about the Force Awakens. So if you've not seen Rogue One, stop this podcast, go see Rogue One, and then come back and listen to our wonderful commentary on it. But yeah, so this is you know two years in a row we get a new Star Wars movie. So Right off the bat, I'm pretty excited about that. I don't know about you guys, yeah. but uh, uh -huh. and uh, it seems like we're going to be getting new Star Wars movies for the next few years. Millennium. Um, <laughs> and uh, who knows? Talking about uh, the death of Carrie Fisher, who who died tragically at the at the end of last year, and um, hit me really hard. I think it hit you guys pretty hard mm -hmm. also. Um, you know, she was she was. She was America's princess, you know. I mean, <laughs> I saw the first movie and, and when I was nine years old and kind of grew up, yep. you know, had a huge crush on, on Carrie Fisher and Princess Leia as a little kid. And, um, and as, as probably most males, American males, probably worldwide males <laughs> out there. Um, and, uh, you know, she, she was kind of like the darling. She was, and, uh, and so then, you know, her passing really... Hit me hard, and at least a lot of things um, up in the air for for the Star Wars universe going forward. Because what I've read on the internet is that she was supposed to play a pretty major part in Episode Nine. Right, Episode um, Eight's already in the can. Right? Yeah, she so had she already had recorded, filmed all filmed, of her yeah. all of her scenes for the new movie. Uh, Lucasfilm, they have a lot of work to do, and uh, yep. and and which is kind of hard because you know they already have a lot of work to do, and and they have the story, but. They're 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 humans and and they they are mourning their friend who, who right. passed away. So there's a lot of like you know complications wrapped up into that. But you know there's always rumors. There's already rumors of what they're going to do, what they can do for the for episode nine. Mm -hmm. And uh, I also had this you know this read this um, blog about you know what are some of the choices they have. Right. Um, obviously the the one choice is just to completely write her character out of mm -hmm. episode nine and then try to do something. With with episode 
eight, you know, as far as rewrites. Oh, for just trying to like for setting it up. Yeah, whatever. setting it up, you yeah. know. So they talk about casting Natalie Portman as Princess Leia, who who was her mom, you know, and um, and uh, and so mm-hmm. that would be kind of a thing. Cast her as as Princess Leia. Um, another one I saw was Meryl Streep, who played her alter ego in in um, Postcards from the Edge. That I don't know if that's a possibility. The other one I saw was you know let's get Linda Hamilton. She's a you know she's a badass female <laughs> movie star. Yeah, cast Linda Hamilton as as the role. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also the choice of um, CGI for make a CGI Princess Leia, and you know that that seems impossible. It does seem kind of impossible, especially you know I had that on my list of things to talk about for Rogue One. Yeah. That was used very sparingly, you know, and, uh, and we'll talk about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and it was used used kind of sparingly. But can you imagine? I mean, a major character trying yeah. to do that, the work it would just seem like it'd be, you know, just a, a lot, a lot of work to try to put a, a complete CGI um, character. I mean, right now I think we're still in the uncanny valley, but in two years, who knows? I yeah. don't know. But, well, I mean, there's yeah, they're yeah. starting to film, and I, mean, I think um, Tarkin worked well enough for me. Personally, but 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 then again, he was he was not in, you know, if he was supposed yeah. to, Prince Lee is supposed to be a major part of yeah, episode right, well, nine and let's let's table yeah, that for now. There you go. We'll so get, I, we'll I don't know if, 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 if any of those if any of those those choices kind of like yep. sparked anything in you. I, I kind of like Natalie Portman putting putting her in the role. Um, she played. Her I don't mom, know about so. Natalie Portman in old makeup though. That's that's what I because like, it would have to be old makeup and yeah. Then at that point, why? It, that's that, true. It's like and why even use that. Natalie Portman? Right. Use somebody yeah. who's a little closer to age. Right. The, like Elena Hamilton. Right. Who's, who yeah. Anyway. Like I, I like the symmetry, I guess, of using Natalie yeah. Portman, but like in actual execution, right. now you just but have wait. a young person in old. What happened up. to Amidala's character? Is she dead? Yes. Yeah. When? She died when giving birth to the. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That was one of those early episodes, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was episode three. No one really knows why she died. Right. She died in childbirth, for, and for some reason in the future they didn't know she was having twins. Right. Because they don't have that kind of technology. <laughs> like, or prenatal care. Right. Basically. Right. Well, if you if you think about it, she died out of a broken heart, and it can skyrocket okay. went yeah. to the dark side. I mean, that was one of the things they talked about in episode three. I know. Yeah, but be... that's worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we right. know that from the from episode you know four five and six that obviously that her character was dead and yeah right, right, right. and, and yep. they, she yep. died when they were kids because they don't yeah. hardly ever remember yeah. their mom. But I don't, I don't think she could have actually died from a broken heart. Is my point. Well, yeah. Did like, you see the chemistry between? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> between those two. Yeah, I don't think so. But, yeah. That's that's how the story goes. Of what, right. what they gave us. So I would like. I would be totally down with another Rogue One style prequel that fixes the whole Death Star problem, just trying to show us why she died and why <laughs> no one knew she had twins. Yeah, that's true. Like I'd that's be, I'd be down with that. Like it doesn't have to be a, a feature length movie, like in, just like an episode of Star Wars Rebels or something. Right. Yeah. Like, I'm fine with that. Oh, speaking of that, I do want to write in my notes that we want. There's a lot of Star Wars Rebels references in Rogue yep. One. We'll get yeah, to that. Are. Um, well, but I just want to talk about first um, as our discussion is that, um, and I just was was reading a little bit about this. You know, in in the the, the crawl for Episode Four, it mentions that you know a rebel spaceship striking from a hidden base have won their first victory against the evil Galactic Empire. During the battle, rebel spies managed to steal secret plans to the Empire's ultimate weapon, the Death Star, an armored space station with enough power to destroy an entire planet. And for 39 and a half years, that's all we had. Yeah. Since episode four, that's all we had about how the, the Rebels got um, the plan. So, you know, Rogue One is, is a movie kind of, you know, telling that story of how the, the Rebels got the, star, the Death Star plans in the first place. And, uh, you know, as, as far as, a, you know, separate Star Wars stories go, I think that was a pretty, pretty smart choice mm-hmm. um, because, you know, that was there was so much unsaid in those the, that first little scrawl you right. read that you're like oh my gosh this sounds it's be an exciting story so so there we go we got um, Rogue One our the fir- the first separate you know Star Wars movie apart from the you know the, the Skywalker saga the Skywalker saga mm-hmm. or the you know, C3PO and R2D2 saga if you really want right. to get down to it but 
but a separate movie from the from the you know the episodes marked with Roman numerals. I think they're um, more revolve around Skywalkers than that's th- those two robots. Yeah, <laughs> but if you think about it, those two robots are in every single movie. Yeah, but so is Skywalker. Skywalker seems more <laughs> like yeah. Anakin Skywalker and more. then Luke Skywalker. That's true. <laughs> the robots seem shoehorned into a lot of those movies. Well, so. yeah, <laughs> including this one. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> but so, so Rogue One, is, you know, is is a first standalone movie, and um, from the from the get go, you kind of um, get that in the in the movie. It starts off without the. There's no crawl. There's no crawl. Mm-hmm. There's no. Which Star is Wars. jarring at first. It is mm-hmm. jarring at like. first. But, I mean, they're really trying to set it apart as that this is a standalone kind of yeah. like Star Wars story. Yeah. Which mm-hmm. I, th- I think would be would have been less jarring if it didn't start off with a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Because right. expecting... right when you hit, once that starts, right. you expect the music to start right yeah. after the that. And here. it doesn't. And, like, yeah. It actually didn't start with, a, you know, 20th Century Fox music. First you got that, you know, you mm-hmm. get the 20th Century Fox logo music. You know the the Lucasfilm long time ago in a galaxy far far away, and then boom the fanfare of yep. of Star Wars. So you you didn't get that, which so it's like whoa okay. So we're in something totally different from the from yeah. the get go. Which I'm I'm fine with. It was just really weird. Yeah. But just in my mind, you see the one yeah. thing, and it's immediately followed by right. the right. fanfare. The other thing has to follow. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've never in my life seen one without the second. Yeah. Until so, that moment. So they were they were really trying to you know set it apart and, and do something different. Right. And, and you got that very from the very first couple seconds of the movie. Um, so this revolves around how how did they how do they get the, the, the plans in the first place and, and um, it, actually for me I liked it because it fleshed out a lot of the, the Rebel Alliance because you mm-hmm. didn't see much in the um, the original trilogy right. of the Rebel Alliance. You saw a little bit of the base on Yavin 4 at the end of episode 4. So this I think a lot like fleshed out the story of mm-hmm. the of the Rebel Alliance, and you got a little bit more. Makes them a lot less nice. It's true. Yeah. It, it 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 is you know it, it does say in the very first crawl it is a time of of unrest in the galaxy, and mm-hmm. so you definitely got a feel of that things aren't as you know as cut and dry as black and white as right. yeah as you're you know you especially for me as seeing as a child you know you, you I when I'm nine years old I didn't you know the world was black and white there's good guys and bad guys <laughs> and Star Wars kind of set that up pretty good and it was you know a pretty basic story mm-hmm. of good guys versus bad guys where this one you're like oh my gosh you know this it takes a lot to rebel against an empire um that is evil and and sometimes the choices you make are difficult and and so i, th- I think it showed that pretty well yeah, i think it makes it much more interesting story oh, yeah. but yeah it's not the clear like good versus evil that we saw right like in four five and six yeah yeah and uh i think that was probably a conscious thing to, to give a little more grit to the rebel alliance mm-hmm. um they got their hands dirty a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Cassian uh, wasn't averse to a little wet work. Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if the special editions come out and the dude in the alley shoots first, right. at some point, <laughs> like, that'll suck. But... Yeah. <laughs> Don't let Lucas get a hold of it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it, it did give you a little bit more of the background of the Rebel Alliance, and they didn't all get along, and they weren't all big happy family. You saw a little bit of the political... <laughs> machinations of the Rebel Alliance that yep. they're trying to, you know, to do this. And some people were a little more courageous than others. Some people wanted to run and hide. And and uh, you got a couple of good speeches from Jin or so about that. And so, yeah, let's talk about the some of the new characters that we that we saw. Um, Galen Erso was the guy who was kind of the the architect of the Death Star. Yep. He was the one that... He was the architect of the weapon on the Death Star. Right. Right, he was the one that, that he was a he was a scientist and engineer who kind of you know designed the weapon that would destroy planets and using these kyber crystals um, that that also used to power lightsabers. Light light right. um, so you had him, you had his his wife and daughter, um, and and obviously the wife is you know she's killed off pretty quick. Lyra. Yeah, Lyra. She's but spoiler alert. This should be called Rogue One. Everybody effing dies. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody dies. So. You're right. You're right. Um, she just dies early. <laughs> I do want to talk about. I mean, all we can talk about now is that you know you you everyone does die. Everyone does die in this movie um, for the most part. 
um, a few rebels are still yeah, alive right, at yeah. the end. <laughs> Yeah. But for the, the Va- Vader's still alive, and yes. Tarkin lasts like another two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> movie time, right? But like the main characters that we see, everyone dies. Right. But we've seen that in movies before. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it is. I, it, yeah, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. I'm you're just right. saying yeah. it kind of frees up the story because you can do whatever you want with these characters because they're not they're not right. appearing. But you do get invested forward. in them, and I think yeah, that yeah. that's yeah, a good thing that good, the movie actually makes you care, care, you care about them. About, at least for yeah. me, I know. This movie does have its haters out there, and there are some people who yep. who don't like it. But you know, every, every any movie is going to have that also. And <clears throat> and obviously with Star Wars, you have a a, a bigger, wider audience, and yeah. there's a lot more people talking about right. it than you know some independent little movie that oh, a few people like, a few people don't like. Yep. And it has a lot more scrutiny involved also because it, it's a Star Wars movie. Um, but yeah, so you have all these new characters. Uh, one of the main characters, Jin Urso, is the daughter of Galen Urso, and you see her grown up. She's had a hard life. Her well, mom's her dead. Her dad, who knows where her dad is? Her, yeah. You know, I like to think he's like I, I like to think that he's dead. It makes it more easier for me to live. You know, she mm-hmm. she thinks her dad's dead. She has no contact with him for I think what is it, 15 years. Yep. Um, and uh, and so you got her. She's she's grown up, and um, and, and the rebels kind of like bring her into their fold and said, you know, we, we need you to. To, to find your dad because uh, you know we, there's rumors that he's, he's helping the empire build this secret you know weapon and uh, we need to know how, what it is and mm-hmm. so they kind of um, forcibly en- enlist her into their ranks and um, she doesn't have much to live for you know I mean I think mm-hmm. it, the, the story takes that up she's she's just kind of like running and hiding and surviving and and um, on her wits and 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 you know she's gun running and stuff like that that's what she was arrested for by the empire for the first place. Um, and so they bring her into the and you and you meet all these uh, you meet all these the, the rebels you you see um, Mon Mothma who I thought they did a pretty good job of casting a younger version mm-hmm. of her you only see her briefly yeah. in, in that was episode. the younger version of Mon Mothma she was in uh, episode three, three yeah, yeah yeah but but you know the, yeah. the so George Lucas did a pretty good job of recasting right, that's yeah. true <laughs> um, like ten years ago but yeah so but you you we briefly only saw her really in episode six. Um, uh, yeah. And so I thought they did a pretty good job of matching the the, the actors yeah. to the. Yeah, I'm just saying that's not character. Gareth Edwards. Right, you're like, right. Yeah, that was George yeah. Lucas. So you know, right. All um, credit to George Lucas as always. Right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so you see Mon Mothma. You see um, um, J- uh, Jimmy Smith comes back as Bail Organa. Right. Yeah, which was my probably my favorite. Like that, I knew about a lot of the other ones, and I didn't know right. about Bail I didn't Organa. Know either. And he so, just like sort of like creeps up. Yeah, yeah. Like, awesome. I was like, oh. <laughs> Right. Um, so that was like probably out of all of the cameos, my favorite. Yeah. Um, and you know he he looked quite a bit older. It was supposed to be like eighteen years after you know, right. the events of Episode Three, and um, so Bail Organa. I know he's still you know obviously in, in the storyline he's still helping with the rebels and he's one mm-hmm. of the rebels and and, and Senator from Alderaan who's trying to you yeah, know for another couple of days throw right. back the... another another one who's about to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he dies off screen. He does die off screen. <laughs> But it's it good to see, you know, some of the, the, the these rebels. Um, I thought they did a really good sh- uh, of casting, you know, General Dodonna, finding an actor who looked like the actor from, you know, '77 who mm-hmm. played General Dodonna, and um, and so you see, you know, like the Rebel Alliance, and I like the fact that they kind of, you know, even though it's a new movie and they could have, you know, made everything all flashy, they they kind of stuck to the rebel base that we see in yeah, in Star Wars, great. and but you can see a little bit more of it. Yeah, um, I liked all the communication guys with the headphones on their ears. You know, all the yeah. Intel guys listening into all the communication. Yeah, and the same like establishing shots of Yavin Four right. yeah. and stuff. Yeah, um, so that was a pretty good job. But you just kind of fleshed out the who who these people are, the Rebel Alliance, um, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job of that. Um, and so you see, you got this new guy, this in, Intel officer, um, Cassian Andor. Um, played by Diego Luna. Jin Erso is played by Felicity Jones. Um, and so they have this mission to try to find this character, Saw Guerrera, who helped um, the Ursos early on. They had this relationship with him. And, and it, the story kind of sets up that he is he's on the Rebel Alliance, but he's kind of like a, a more extreme offshoot oh, of the right. Rebel yeah, he's, Alliance. Yeah, he's a rebel. He's not part of their alliance. He's not part of their alliance. He's yeah. kind of like a mercenary kind of operating. He's still rebelling against the Empire, but he's not part of their alliance. Yeah. All right. He may have been at one point or something like yeah. that, but now he's kind of like doing his own They've thing. They've sort of disowned him, it yeah. seems. Yeah, he's a little extremist, they Too call extreme. him. Too yeah. extreme. Yeah, which I really wish was fleshed out. Like, that idea is so interesting, and I really yeah. wish there was more of that in the movie. Yeah. Um, I, I thought that just... character wasn't 
developed enough. Or, Not at right. all. Yeah. Yeah. But once again, they, they you, <laughs> you had to cut corners somewhere, and you can't yeah. tell the could make a three-hour movie. You could have, but yeah. you know. And I think isn't that character in uh, he Star is from Wars Star Wars Rebels. Rebels. Yeah. So, I think he's from Clone yeah. Wars. Like he's yeah, going to yeah. show back up in Rebels, from what I understand, or maybe he oh, was he from Clone Wars? Oh, okay. Yeah, maybe he like for like briefly oh, okay. in Clone Wars. So the character's been out there for a while yeah. there. Um, uh, so you you've got him played by Forrest Whitaker. I love how the <laughs> the first version you see of him, he's you know he's he's all clean cut and you know he yeah. looks. And then the next and time you see him, later, 15 he's... years later, he's, you know, woo. Yeah, which is, I want to know, like, so much of that right. story. Like, right. I don't, yeah, that's frustrating. So they still have, they still have enough that you can, you know, there's still a lot of story there to tell. Um, but you get this, you know, they're trying to find Saw because there's this um, Imperial pilot who's defected and has some information and news and about Galen Erso. And so that's how they, they have to, you know, bring in Jen Erso to try to, to find Saw Gerrera. So that's their first mission, just to get her to, to get in the door of Saw Gerrera, who's an extremist, and um, and they don't want to be you know killed before they even get a chance to mm-hmm. find out what it is. And so Jen Erso is kind of like the the, the, the linchpin kind of thing <laughs> that um, ties everything together in, in these things. And um, and unbeknownst to her, really, because she, <clears throat> she hasn't seen Saw Gerrera in a while right. and everything like that, so... You know, there's a lot of story there that they didn't tell, but at least you get little bits and pieces to, to flesh out. I, I mean, I thought they did a pretty good job of, of telling the story that you could follow, mm-hmm. and um, even though they left a lot unsaid, but yeah. at least you could um, follow the, the, the logic. Um, and this other, um, um, Cassian Andor's boss in, in Rebel Intelligence says, you know, instead of, you know, finding out what Galen Erso knows, let's just eliminate him, and so maybe that will put a dent in, in the Empire's plans mm-hmm. going forward, because they didn't really know exactly how the Death Star, if it, was it complete, was it, all they have is rumors that there's, right. the Empire is, is building this this huge weapon, and so they're like, well, let's just take him out now, and then maybe problem solved there. And so, you know, <coughs> as the story goes from there, is they, they get to this new planet, Jeddah, which I thought, I want to hear more about this planet, because we've never heard this planet before, but Obviously, there's this fallen statue or big statue of a Jedi, yeah. and and actually a couple of fallen yeah. statues of Jedi, um, yeah. and all these temples, and, yeah, so who knows and um, you get this even this rumor. I think that's in Clone Wars too. Is it the I think planet? So. Okay, they do some stuff like in the temple. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because I, I think that temple's where they get the lightsaber lightsaber crystals. Right. Because I guess Jedi is this you know that's where their empire harvest, harvesting all these yeah. kyber crystals to yeah. to build their weapon, and so. But there's a whole lot left of, of how this fits into the whole, like, you know, Jedi mythology. Mm-hmm. You, you get this, um, these guys, you meet these guys called the Guardian of the Wills, who we haven't really seen before. Um, um, but I was reading a little bit about that, and, and that, um, that George Lucas originally, he was trying to have the story be told by somebody else, an immortal being known as a Will, W-H-I-L-L. There's somebody watching this whole story and recording it, someone probably wiser than the mortal players in the actual events. I eventually dropped this idea, and the concepts behind the wills turned into the Force, but the wills became a part of this massive amount of notes, quotes, background information that I used for the scripts. The stories were actually taken from the Journal of the Wills. And so they, they kind of took that concept, and they have these these guys called the Guardian of the Wills. So is that Chirrut Imway? Chirrut Imway. And, he was, um, and, yeah, he was one Balin's of the Guardians. Uh, Baze Malbus. Baze Malbus, yeah. Um, and you see a couple of these other um, people that, there. That, yeah, um, so I didn't really get that they were Guardians of the Wills, well, but I didn't understand quote, what they were. were yeah, there's a you know. quote that, that um, uh, Cassian Andor says. He says, Jin Russo asks, who are they? He, he sees them, and he yeah. says, the Guardians of the Wills, protectors of the Temple of the Kyber, but there's nothing left to protect, so now they're just causing trouble for everybody. Okay, so, yeah. I mean, I, I kind of got the, that. With the, I think with the, um, the, the disappearance of the Jedi, um, here are these people who probably worked yeah. maybe hand-in-hand with the Jedi. Yeah, and it's I, mean, with, this time, I guess the first time we've seen, like, like the Force, uh, like, you know, referred to as a religion from people that aren't actual Force users. Like, right. you know, Lyra or so is obviously, mm-hmm. you know, at the beginning, like, you know, telling Jin to trust in the Force. Right, yeah. Um, and then these guys that aren't oh, Force yeah. users also mm-hmm. that, you know, believe in the, the will of the Force. So there's right. a whole, you know, that that's just some... And even in, in episode um, seven, you get a, a, a little bit about that. Um, the character... Um, 
<clears throat> played by um, Masconata. No, not Masconata. Before, when that um, in the very first scene, what's the actor's name? Um, trying to the old guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I I know. Oh uh, yeah. But I can't think of the name. Yeah. Um, well, you get you have this character who talks um, a little bit about you know he has some sensitivity to the force. You know, he's, he talks, and, and in, in the backstory, if you read it, he's called, like, the, there's, like, this Church of the Force, mm-hmm. and things. So there's people out there who are what we call Force-sensitive in the, in the, um, in the mythology of, of Star right. Wars. Right. They're these Force-sensitive people. Um, Maz Kanata is one of them. She's like, yeah. I'm no Jedi, but I know about the Force. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but, and, but I, I'm guessing, I, or I guess I'm saying, you don't get that Force-sensitivity from Lyra, or... Right. Um, so, like, like, people that are completely cut off from the Force are still, like... You know, viewing so, it as you know this religion, right? And stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, I think that's the first time we've ever seen that. Yeah, which it makes it kind of interesting, also. You know, <laughs> yeah. Obviously, the forces is is this you know kind of the central part of the Star Wars yeah. universe, what kind of sets it apart. And so there's a lot, lot more that we don't really know. And yeah, yeah people a, like a Han who it. don't even believe in it and aren't yeah. like that's usually what we see from, or you know, people just say, "Well, may the force be with you." Right. Yep. Just sort of as a as a thing, mm-hmm. yeah. But it's never really kind of like we say, "God bless you" when people sneeze. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you know, it doesn't mean really really religious, but you know, there's there's the yeah, it's, it's part of the the whole central part of the yeah. story and, and the mythology. And so yeah, so you see these people who are who who knows what they what their job was? Were mm-hmm. they, were they uh, attendants to the Jedi, and were they kind of like you know the people that would take care of the Jedi and yeah. and maintain the temples? And who knows? But the, so there's a big story. But we see these these two guys. Um, who become part of the story. Um, one guy's blind, um, but he's more sensitive, and so he kind of, you know, uses the Force in, in a very minimal way to argue that, or he's just like, you know, blind so much that his senses he's are... Daredevil. <laughs> he's Daredevil. Yeah. He's Daredevil. He's a Daredevil of Star Wars and jacking people up with a <laughs> bow staff. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it says, like, in the character's description that he doesn't have any Force abilities. Yeah. But he's he believes that he does though he believes that the force can, well, can the actually force can... use it you know because he's yeah. even talking about the lock when they're in 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 um, in, um, in in jail there at um, at uh, Saw Gerrera's you know complex there he's talking about you know he believes that the force can help him open the door and stuff mm-hmm. like that and, and so there's a, still this belief in the force that it is is a power that that is out there and that, you know his his whole um, mantra was I am one with the force the force is with me and and um, so that's kind of cool. At least it, it you know, it, it opens up this, these these stories that could be told mm-hmm. of, of all this stuff, and you just get a little taste of these of these characters. Um, I do love the scene of when they're talking about the, the you know the, the holy city of Jedha, uh, Jedha, Jedha city, and there's that um, imperial star cruiser just, just like hovering over, hovering over. Yeah. That was a really good shot. Um, and uh, and so. Yeah, that, so that was a planet we haven't seen before. There's a, a couple of these imperial, you know, labor camps that, that mm-hmm. they find, uh, that the rebels find generous or and rescue her from. Um, but yeah, so you get all these new, um, the, these new characters. You, you meet Cassian Endor, Jyn Erso, Cassian's droid. Um, there K2, you go. K two yeah, SO, my favorite character, voiced yeah. by by Alan Tudyk, who does an amazing <laughs> job. And uh, and so you have these two guys, the Guardians of the Wills. Um, um, Shirit Inwi and Maze Bal- Malbus. Um, Sagarera is a new character. He doesn't last long, but the the, the main characters that we we kind of like get to know. And and then you have um, Riz Bodhi, this Imperial pilot, played by um, no, it's, it's it's Bodhi. Riz Ahmed. <laughs> Riz, Riz Ahmed's Ahmed. the actor. Riz Ahmed's the actor. <laughs> Rook. Bodhi Rook. There you go. But Riz Bodhi sounds pretty cool, also. It does. Bodhi yeah. Rook. Um, Riz Ahmed it, could be a Star Wars name. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, and so I, you know, he's he's kind of this one of the stars is kind of breaking out. I mean, he's, he's been all over 2016 and, and um, the night of an HBO series, which he was really good in that. Yeah, pops up in the OA. Pops up in the OA. He's um he was in the, the latest Jason Bourne movie. Um, Unfortunately, yeah, um, <laughs> playing like a Mark Zuckerberg type character. But so he's you know Mark he's Zuckerberg out there now. Caricature. Yeah, like <laughs> there you go. Um. So you know he's he's kind of you know he, you're seeing his face a lot more and um, and so here's these these characters who, who kind of like and he's another one who gets kind of like swept up into the rebel. I like mm-hmm. the part where he's like shoots these imperial guys and the droid's like, well, you're a rebel now. You just <laughs> you just kill some imperial stormtroopers. Um, no going back now, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Um, 
so you see like these this this installation on Edu where this this uh, the the Imperial forces are are refining the kyber crystals that they steal from Jeddah and that's part of that that's where Galen Urso is. Oh, you also get Ben Mendelsohn character. He's the um, the big baddie for the Imperial director, Krennic, who mm-hmm. I have not seen Animal Kingdom, which is an Australian movie that that was out a few years ago. That's supposed to be really good, but he's in that, and he, he does. I think from what I've you know heard of his name, he plays a pretty good bad guy. Mm-hmm. You know a lot, yeah, and pretty ruthless, and so, and I thought he did a really good job of being this this um, really kind of power hungry. Um, yeah. Uh, imperial uh, officer and, and and so he he's kind of like the guy who who is working with um galen urso to to build this death star he's kind of like in charge of the death star which um gets taken away from him in a power grab move um so that's there's i love that kind of kind of sets up this you know this tension even in in the empire and you you saw that a little bit in, in episode four when you right. have all the all the imperial officers around the table and they're kind of arguing about what to do next. And mm-hmm. but uh, you do get the couple uh, CGI characters. So um, Grand Moff Tarkin is in there, our Governor Tarkin, and there's a lot of titles. Yeah, now I've only seen it once, and that was still jarring to me. You said you saw you've seen it. I've seen it three times. Three now. times. I saw, I saw it again yesterday. And it didn't bother you as much the second um, time. So no, it didn't bother me the second time. Did it be called Governor or? <laughs> Or the CGI, the CGI, <laughs> the CGI, because it took me it took me out of the story right away, because I knew yeah. I knew it was coming too. Right. So. Oh, okay. But I've also talked to people who didn't even know that that was a CG character. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. Um, yeah. They're like, wait, no, that was just an actor. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was a little bit jarring. Um, obviously, I knew that Peter Peter Cushing, the actor yeah. who played um, right. Tarkin in the in the original, was, was died a while ago. Um, and it was kind of jarring for me at, at the very first time I saw it. My second and third time, I was I was all in because um, I got a little bit more of, of I could look past that CGI, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty good. There's a couple pretty couple shots of you could tell the, the, the area around his mouth. I yeah, think was the worst for yeah. me. Yeah, but um, I thought you know even if some of the shots of him just still not not um, doing anything, they did a really good job of of, of matching his. His face. Yeah, I wish I wish with him and with Carrie Fisher, you know, the Princess Leia, um, CGI. I wish they would have not done such awesome close shots. If if they would have done middle shots or long distance shots, yeah. it would have worked perfectly. But you know, I think I think the the technology is not quite there yet to use that real close up shot. Yeah, that's and what that, the special edition would be for. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you, you do get, yeah like so you you do get this and and he, of course he's in a, a lot more than you know the, at the very end you, you get right I mean I mean so they had this, was was pivotal to the story so. yeah but the I, I do like the fact that that they did a good enough job for me to 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 want his character in the movie like I was I would I never said I wish he would have been in yeah the yeah I, and I agree with that because I, I love the whole like power play between him yeah, and you know it's kind of like okay you, you built this Star, thanks a lot I'm now taking over in charge of it and you know yeah. it was thanks for all the work you've done but but obviously all these problems you know you're you're to blame for all these problems yeah. with the rebels and so um, you're my scapegoat and so you know you're going to be the fall guy and I'm going to take over the Death yeah. Star and uh, we be in charge of it now. And, and just the evil, like that evil smile, he <laughs> he gives us Krennic leaves away. And then um, you you do get the shot of um, the scene where, where Krennic goes and visits Darth Vader, who's, who's built himself a nice little temple on um, Mustafar, the planet you see in Episode yeah. Three, where because why wouldn't he want where he turns there. into Darth Vader? And so <laughs> and obviously there's some deep, you know. Psychological like issues there that, um, of him going back and building a temple on the place where he, you know, got horribly mutilated. Yes. Um, well, I do like I do like the shot. I love the shot of him, you know, in the, in tank, the tank, the back yeah. to tank. Oh yeah. And him coming out, and you see that he's got no arms, and and the fact that you know Darth Vader, is, he's a he's he is a, a, a pretty tortured individual. You know, yep. I mean, psychologically he's scarred, physically he's scarred. He's you know, you get a couple of things in even in in the original trilogy where you know he's more machine than man type right. of thing. These lines that they talk about okay. Darth Vader, um, and so you get to you know you get to see him um, force choke somebody, which is kind of cool. And and I uh, I was talking to um, to Owen and Nick, our, you know my my son, and 
in Rasa-san about how a lot of people didn't like his line where he's like choking. Director Krennic, he's like, don't choke on your aspirations. Well, that's like, that's a great line because he uses, yeah. he's used a couple of those things yeah, even in the original trilogy, like, you know, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Yeah, Nick, and Nick told me about that there's this pun that's dividing the internet, you know, that, and, and I, so I was expecting something much more blatant than that. It's like, no, that, that was perfectly yeah. in his character. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know even like the, the, in, in uh, Empire Strikes Back when, you know, the, the one, um, says, I'm going to go apologize to, to, to Darth Vader. I'll apologize yeah. personally. And then yeah, it's like, you know, you see him choke to death. He's like, apology accepted, you know. Yeah, I could, so he, I could see Bruce Willis saying that in the middle of an action movie in the 80s. Right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, don't choke on your aspirations, which was pretty good. Uh, yeah. And so, so now and you I was a fan of the I Rebel line that ended up not being in the movie also. Yeah, yeah. and, um. and it, there's a lot of articles of, of, of scenes from the from the trailers that don't actually end up in the movie. Yeah, also known as scenes from the trailers. Scenes from the trailers. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's a whole, like, there's a whole, like, articles of, like, you know, 46 scenes from the trailers that end up in, in 18 pivotal scenes that end up, you know, right. you yeah, can find. none of the trailers in the none movie. None of the trailers yeah. in the movie, basically. Yeah, and so, you know, they did talk about a lot of, they had a lot of reshoots and they, they fleshed the story out. Because at the end, from the trailers, you see, you know, um, Jin Erso and, and Andor running across the beach and she's got the Death Star plans uh, on her back of her belt. And, and then you see, you know, Director Krennic on the beach also. And so... You know, articles I've read, there was an early draft of the story where they get back to the beach and somehow, but... Well, that's not an early draft of the story. That's an early draft of the film, like, because they've shot all that stuff. Yeah. But like, it, right. trailers are shot pretty early in the makings of the movie, you know? I mean, these teaser trailers come out yeah. before... The, I'm saying, like, this isn't, you know, like, just a draft of the script. This is years into the development of the movie at that point. Yeah. Like, they were still doing that kind of stuff in the beach. Yeah. Um, so And they spent a lot of time doing the special effects. So the TIE fighter coming up, you know, yeah, on the right. platforms. Like, I wish that had happened because that was a cool shot. That was a really cool shot. <laughs> it was a cool shot. I really wanted to know what was going to yeah. happen next. But when... Like, after, is, is, that a, is there an ally in that TIE fighter? Like, maybe, yeah. maybe Cassian's find that thing and she's about to pop in right, there. Right, exactly. But the, the, the thing that... You know, after seeing the movie... Um, when I when I thought about that scene, I'm like, well, how did a Tie Fighter get onto Scarif? Because there was no other Tie Fighters. You saw there was these other Imperial, you know, ships that were kind of Tie Fighter esque. You know, another version of the Tie yeah. Fighter that you you saw. But maybe in the early ones, there were a bunch of Tie Fighters. There. Right, right. Yeah. So, so somehow in the process, they they kind of ditched this whole they're back on the beach um, scene yeah. and and well, and all of the stormtroopers and people fighting like on the beachfront, like, in the water yeah. that's in the trailers. Yeah. None of that's in the movie yeah. either. I mean, I saw um, an early shot in, in, in a magazine of, you know, these, these stormtroopers going through the water. And yeah. You oh. see a little bit about that when the when these, these new, you know, all-black death troopers pop out of the, the shuttle and yeah. jump onto the beach and start shooting. Yeah. But, and I think in that same shot of them running on the beach with the Death Star plans, you also see K2, like, with them. Or yeah. Alex Hudik in the motion capture suit, which means <laughs> he didn't originally die. Yeah. Like... Right. Because he died before they even got the plans. Yeah, so, you know, I don't know. He died in order so they could get the plans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So somehow in the production, they're like, you know, we need to really tidy up this ending and, 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 and storyboard how they're going to get from getting the Death Star plans. And, yeah. and I thought the way they did it would make a lot more sense of them going back to the beach. Because how you had it, they they go to the tower, and they, they, all the stuff's happening in the tower with the plans. Mm-hmm. Why would they be back on the beach? You know, it didn't make sense. Well, I mean, we don't. I don't think we know enough to know right. why it would make sense right. or wouldn't make sense. We have no context for right. those scenes. Yeah, exactly. Made perfect so, sense. Yeah. <laughs> but in the in the in the movie we got, I thought I was pr- I was pretty satisfied with how they kind of set up the whole. Oh, me thing. too, for sure. Yeah. But um, yeah, they're all just yeah. You know, but scenes. like clearly, the movie was incredibly different at some point. Right. Like the entire. Yeah. It looks like the entire third act like got changed. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so they, they, you know, they obviously um, had to do a lot of reshoots and stuff like mm-hmm. that to really tidy it. But, you know, that happens, that happens I think, a, more than we hear about. I think, like I said, this Star Wars gets a lot more scrutiny than other movies. Yeah. With, oh, no, they're doing research. Something's wrong. But it could be <laughs> just like, you know, the story that we're telling, we're having a hard time, you know, even figuring out this third act. And, and so let's let's. Go back to the board and, and make it a little yeah, more. If the movie comes out great, that's movie. all that matters. Right, yeah. Which um, I thought it did. Um, I I didn't like Cassian coming back as a 
you know, he died and then he's back. Surprise! <laughs> to take out um, Krennic. Because when you saw him fall, he hit his head a few times going yeah. down, and it's like, no, well, actually, nobody... actually, actually, the third time I've seen it, you actually see him grab onto, as he's falling, to, actually, you see him grab really? onto one of those one of those things as he's hitting it. All right. It's not his head hitting, it's actually his arm. And so, you're, I mean, because those are one of the things, like, oh, that's not plot device where you thought oh, the character's dead, and yeah. then he pops it back up. But, but, you know, you see him, you see him get knocked out, Obviously, mm-hmm. he's, he's an unconscious from that, but you do see him. You know, I did notice that he did actually grab one of the bars on the way right. down, so that you know, still seems like Jason from a <laughs> from a Halloween movie. Right. So. He was wearing a ho- yeah. hockey mask yeah. at the end. That would have been Friday Thirteenth <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, get your slashers movie. Sorry, right. my slasher movies are wrong. Um, I do like. Um, I do like some of the the new vehicles that they um and some of the new, Nor- new stormtroopers yeah, oh, yeah, yeah that you know Scarf was like this, this this water planet in the beach and so you have these like these um these stormtroopers in like brown gear and mm-hmm. and um and we've seen you know we've seen new stormtroopers in all the movies um even in the original right, trilogy yeah. from you know Empire Strikes Back here you got these um these winter guys you know the the guys in their pop- snow troopers snow troopers and then in yep. uh, episode um, in Return of the Jedi, you get these these guys, these speeder bike stormtroopers. Yeah, so you, you've always seen new, <laughs> new stormtrooper <laughs> outfits, um, and and so obviously the, the the Empire probably has uniforms for the stormtroopers for any kind the same of way we do. Yeah, same, same like, way we yeah. do. Any kind of environment they're fighting in, they have Whatever these vehicles yeah. that will will sit will will fit for that environment. Yeah. You know, you have these. These on the death star, just really good black and white contrast. So, right. like they gotta, they gotta <laughs> yeah. show off those uniforms, right? Um, and so, you know, you even have these new vehicles, where, like these all-terrain armored cargo transports that are, are yeah. taking supplies. Yeah, the ATACTs. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which you know, obviously, we're not as heavily armored as AT-ATs are. Even that, or the you know, uh, an X-wing is a lot more powerful than a snowspeeder, <laughs> as far as being able to take these things right. out. I do love the shot of that. That a cargo rebel cargo transport as it's coming down and circling the the um, at ACT the ATACT and he's like you know the little guy in the, oh, yeah. on the in the door gunner door is like shooting his legs and I thought that was a really good shot. Um, <laughs> There's lots of really good shots. There is a good shot. I mean, some of these. Like, <laughs> I think that whole scenes. space battle is the best like starfighter anything we've yeah. seen in any Star Wars yeah. movie. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean you've got. Star Destroyers crashing into Star Destroyers, right. <laughs> crashing into Shield Trainer, like like that is like I find my favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. It's just yep. oh man, that's so. Good. And they had a, actually a couple uh, great shots from like the like you're on the back of an X-wing flying, and the first one I think was when they're coming into uh, they're attacking the, inst- the the Imperial installation on Edu. You got that, mm-hmm. you know, here comes these X-wings flying through these these canyon okay, rocks, yeah. and you hit, you see the one of them, and you're like on back of an X-wing, and he's like you know starting to fire in. And they did a couple of those when, um, when they're in the battle over Scarif. You know, you're you're looking like yeah. you're on the back of an X-wing flying. It's like, ooh, that's that's pretty cool. I I love that. Um, and then yeah, just even the even some of the callbacks to Episode Four. You had you know Red Leader was there and yep. Gold Leader. Um, Red Five has to die. Red Five has to die because you know, <laughs> Luke Skywalker takes over for Red Five, so they do a little you know background for that for yeah. the fans. Yep. Yeah, that's the real that's the real prequel here is how <laughs> how Luke gets the Red Five call sign. Yeah. Um, and obviously you have this, these blue blue team of X wings that are kind of trapped on the uh, inside Scarif and never kind of make it out, and so yep. that's why you know no you pop up in, yeah you pop up in an episode. Um, Four and they're attacking the Death Star, and you only have red and gold squadrons yep. because Blue Squadron got eliminated. Yeah, and all the U Wings were stuck on Scarif. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so there's a lot of you know vehicles that you see pop up and, and don't ever see again. And and it, I think there was a little line where the, these Death Troopers, these all black you know stormtroopers, mm-hmm. were Krennic's like personal force. He even said you know my 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 troop get my uh, my yeah. team my stormtroopers. So that's why you never see those guys pop up again. He's elite. Yeah. Well, he's wearing all white, so he needs all black guys. Right. You know, it, it makes perfect sense. Right. Yeah. It, it, it makes for some point. really cool shots at the beginning of the movie. Long white cape. <laughs> Although I was like, when I after the third time I've seen it, that first shot when they're 
when um, Krennic is is going to to get Galen Erso back into mm-hmm. you know finishing the Death Star. It's like, do they have to park so far away from the? <laughs> I know that <laughs> maybe, far too. It's like, maybe it's maybe it's the guy's new shuttle, and he wants to park it far enough so he doesn't get a dent in it. But some yeah, other shuttle comes in. He's, he's double parking. He's double parking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you don't see it, but he's actually straddling two locks. <laughs> right, but like shuttle parking. Did you have to park so far away and then make them yeah. walk this far away? But although yeah. you know, it makes for a great shot. It does for yeah, for, for and what is probably shot. also like super intimidating because he knows they're watching him come up. And he's just walking up slowly, and yeah, yeah like, it's all intimidation tactics right. in my headcanon. <laughs> yeah. I love I love the shot, you know, it's raining, the wind's blowing his cape around, mm-hmm. and there's just some really good visual shots in this movie. So I think the, the director of photography or whatever, the, the visual department did an amazing job as, as far as, I was able to even, like, it was hectic, and, and, and at the, the, the last battle of, uh, over Scarif, you know, it was hectic, and you, you get that feeling of, you know, this is this is war. You know, you got uh, right, planes was... flying everywhere, and you're trying to keep track of everything that's happening. And it was a lot of like quick cuts and and stuff like that. But it, I thought it was exciting. Some people were like, oh, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I follow. I, I totally but... followed it. It wasn't it wasn't a Transformers movie where it was like, <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> no, this this it was hectic. It, it was a great a greatly shot war film. Yeah, that happened to. Yeah. Happened in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It's the best Star Wars war film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And I think they, they, that was a conscious decision to make it like that. You know, I mean, even on the ground. So you have this, this battle in the air over Scarf. You have this, this beach fight that's happening with the rebels. And, you know, they're... Well, yeah. And the actual plot, which is them getting the Death Star plan. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> and all, this, it, all this tension is like, you know, we got to get communication. we got to get this tower thing. Yep. And, and all these people who are making... You know, personal sacrifices to get the mission right. done, which you see in a lot of war movies. I mean, I was just, after the third time seeing, it, I'm like, okay, the end of like Saving Private Ryan, right. and you have the, you know, here's the Germans advancing, and you have all these these um, Allied troops who are fighting, and and that's a that's a movie where practically everyone dies. Mm-hmm. These characters, this the squadron that we right. you know, kind of like all these characters that we kind of all were following and liked, most of them they all died. They all died. <laughs> there was a couple survivors. Right. Um, and so you do see that, and I was thinking also the um, the Great Escape, mm-hmm. right? They they all die in that movie, right? Right. Um, but yeah, all you you're this movie, and you're following all these characters, and then you know they all they all die. You know, movie over. Um, so that kind of kind of kind of the feel of it. Also. I mean, the Great Escape also that that brings up the point that the Great Escape has a bunch of characters that you can totally follow. You you understand yeah. everybody in this movie. A bunch of characters, you can totally you keep track of them all, mm-hmm. and, and it, it's not confusing, you know. Yeah. So I think and they all have, you know, they all have their missions that they're trying to get right. done. They all have a little story arc and yeah. all that stuff. So and I thought they, you know, they the stories that we got served the characters well. Yeah. Also, yeah. you know, you wanted more, but but you're satisfied with it. And yeah. obviously, I was I was sad that they all died at the end, and, and I think that's you're supposed to be sad. That's right. But I think it was appropriate that they all died. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And but it, it kind of lent a lot of weight to you know the Rebel Alliance. They are they're fighting against this evil empire, right. and you know a lot of sacrifices were made for the, for the, for this empire to eventually be defeated. Um, and if you think about it, even in, in our own you know our history of our you know on Earth and and think about World War Two, you know Germany, you know is, is, is an evil empire that's advancing and mm-hmm. and Here's these people trying to fight it, yeah. and and the the allies do they always act you know in the most up upright you know as they were coming in and and occupying you know these these cities and you know even the good guys in yeah. in, the, in World War Two personally made a lot of a lot of mistakes and and you get that a little bit in um in that speech right before they go to you know get the Death Star plans where. Cash and Andor is like you know we've all done horrible things in the name right, of the rebellion right, yeah. because we believe in the rebellion we've we've done you know we've assassinated people we've, yeah. we've gotten our hands dirty but we believe in this cause and so you know let's let's go do this. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he doesn't want all of those terrible things that he's done to have gone to waste. Right. If the rebellion just breaks up. Right. Yeah. yeah. And you know, and there was a sense that like Organa and Mon Mothma and this, these, these part of this, the, even the Rebel Alliance were like, you know, they were more realist, you know, mm-hmm. we can't run and hide. We do have to stand and fight. And, and, uh, and so we didn't come to uh, a consensus, but you know, it's still happening anyways. We have these, 
these re- rebels who are rebelling against the rebellion yeah. to, to get this mission done. And yeah. and Mon Mothma's like, you know, good, something's happening. You know, these people are, are, are doing what needs to be done mm-hmm. um, in the face of, you know, cowardice, I would think. You know? Yeah. She even, Jen Urso even in her last speech, like, what are you going to do, run and hide? You know, you know what's going to happen? You know, I think this is your chance to stand up and fight. So mm-hmm. you got a couple of good speeches. And I thought, like I said before, I thought it really fleshed out the Rebel Alliance for me a lot better. Um, there are a lot of, like, callbacks to Star Wars Rebels um, that were, were in this movie. If you... I don't. Yeah. I haven't watched all the Star Wars I'm, Rebels, but I watched I'm them. I watched them, the, so. enough of, of season one to understand. Like, so this yeah. ship that they have called the Ghost pops up in a couple scenes. You know, it's parked there on the at the base on on Yavin Four in one shot. Um, you hear the the name of the pilot um, over the yeah, intercom. Uh, I know you see the droid. There's a droid. You chopper. see the droid chopper. He's in that scene. That's all I know. About and that. then, um, and I tried to see even the third time. I tried to see it like. The ghost uh, is supposed to appear on the Battle of Scar. Also. Yeah, I've seen it in stills, but I didn't, yeah, yeah, I've never exactly. noticed it. I tried to notice it in, yeah. in this you know, third time. I, I was like, I got I to gotta notice it, but it, you know, unless you get the, get the so, Blu-ray at the end you know, and yeah. start going scene by scene to try to find it. But I really like the callback to a little bit of, of Star Wars Rebels, you know, which is fleshing out, obviously, the universe. And, and the Hammerhead Corvettes yeah. um, were in Star Wars from Star Wars <laughs> Rebels. And when they... <laughs> I love that scene where they're like, Give me Hammerhead Cadet. I have an idea. We're going to push this one, Star Destroyer, into the yeah. other one. And, yeah, they use um, it as a hammerhead. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but and that was pretty cool. And uh, I do like the fact that it, you know, it pops, you know, you know, from from Rogue One right into Episode Four. You see at the very end, you see Princess Leia's Corvette, uh, the Tanto yeah. Four, take off from the big Rebel ship, and she's got the plans and. You know that Darth Vader's going to be chasing her? Cause, yeah. You know. Which, like, at first, like, I didn't, I mean, I wouldn't have wanted it to go right into four, but I, th- I think it's great because so much bad stuff has just happened, like, it, in, you know, the last line or whatever mm-hmm. is hope. Yeah. Like, they've given us hope. Like, knowing that it goes right into that. Um, a new hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, works a lot better than it just being like, oh, this cool little, hey, we did it, you know, gave it to Leia because you need to. It's like, no... Like, you know, you had to have, if you're going to have every character you've watched for the last two hours die, uh-huh. like, it has to go right into that. Yeah. Um, to a much more hope, and, like, end on that note, which yeah. I thought was really powerful. And it completely justifies the the CG Leia, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. Yeah, still, I just think that I wish they wouldn't have done it so close up on her yeah. face. Um, yeah. But, but, but like even said, after the third time, I'm like, did a really good job of, of, of a young Carrie Fisher, you know. Yeah. Um, they they actually, you know, it looks a lot like her, and uh, you know, obviously the mouth once again, I think, is is the problem. But it'll get improved in in the, on the Blu-rays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Yeah. Um, but what did you think of? Um, I can't think of the two characters, Doctor whatever. The the two who run into Luke later and and say, oh, I don't like yeah. you. And yeah. He doesn't like you either. Oh, that was fun. I thought it was fun, but how did they get from? Yeah. Obviously, yeah. they escaped. Yeah, they escaped away. right away. Yeah. Maybe they were going toward the to, <laughs> the to the landing pad and taking yeah. the ship right yeah. then. You know, I thought it was fun too. And it probably fun. took a couple hours to get from you know the little the square to back to Sagarera's oh, base yeah, yeah, and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like there was time know. for them. To yeah, get off, there's off at world. least there's at least half a day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, those guys did. are wanted on like twelve worlds. They're yeah, not right. standing yeah, in one place for very long. on twelve systems. So yeah, Jedi was one of them. You know. Yeah, that was number 12. Right? <laughs> that would be great if they said 11 systems and then the, all of that stuff. I don't think we're one on 11 systems. Yeah. Like, hey, someone put out an APB on those two guys. <laughs> and they just turn around, 12! <laughs> yep. And then get them to their Starfighter and leave. That, so that would have been... Then the movie could have just ended right there. I would have been happy. <laughs> yeah. So that's it now in your head canon, right? Yeah, that's, that's what happened. <laughs> <laughs> but you do see a little like um, from Jeddah, you see a little bit more of um, the guerrilla warfare, I guess you see yeah. from the rebels, and uh, and I thought that was mm-hmm. that was a good a good show of rebels rebelling kind of thing, and, and this unrest in the in the galaxy yeah. that you see that not everyone was you know happy about the empire coming in, yeah. and you know you even see like Jeddah imperial occupied moon or whatever kind of thing or imperial occupied planet, so. I see the the empires here, and they're forcing the citizens to, uh, you know, 
do whatever they want to mm-hmm. do, and and so you get a lot of unrest there. And um, I did think it was a confusing shot. So in that scene, this is one thing I didn't really understand, even after the third time seeing it, is that here's these Sagarera's rebels against the Empire, and then Cassian Andor shoots that one guy, and then he falls and blows up. I don't really understand that. I think that was to protect Jin. Was it? Yeah. Oh, because she was getting about ready to get blown up? Is that what yeah. it was? Oh, okay. Like, that guy was going to, like, he didn't want the grenade to go near her or something. So oh, the guy's, see. like, holding a grenade, I think. Right, yeah. And then so he, he shoots and then he falls. The grenade blows up over there instead yeah. of, oh, like, okay. where... Oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get that either, but... I did, oh. Yeah, even I didn't follow that. Yeah, I don't remember if it's the grenades, going, but whatever it was, it was something to protect Jan. Oh, okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, I guess I need to see the fourth time now. Yeah. To see I do <laughs> or, like, or it was a distraction because someone was about to do something, so it blows up and they turn. Yeah. Um, yeah. There. Yeah. But I, I remember there it, the second time there is a reason for it. Okay. Not just sort of like a hey, I'm gonna shoot that guy first. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was a it was a very calculated move. Mm-hmm. And I do one thing I do like about the two characters of Andor and, and Jyn Erso is that they never really you know. Obviously, they all die at the end, but but there's never like a you know a makeout scene or whatever. You know, there there obviously you, you got a couple shots of them, you know, realizing that you know we might not make this out, and right. and uh, I'm glad that you know we did this, and I'm glad that I met you, kind right. of thing. All this unspoken but it, stuff, but, but it wasn't a romantic attachment. Yeah, thing. it wasn't a romantic yeah. attach attack, which kind of would have really I think complicated the story yeah. a little bit too much. You know, if you had yeah. people falling in love and. And, uh, Not necessary. It wasn't necessary, and I thought they did a really good job of showing. Especially, that. you know, when he tried to kill her dad like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought. I mean, I thought that whole like scene where him coming back and like you know, you were not there to. Solve. He's like, you're in shock. You know what you're talking about. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. And and just the the building of the tension between those those two that that was I thought was really good though, um, and I didn't think that. That that was brushed over to, you know, that like oh we're now all good buddy buddy friends. It's like you know the the mission became more important than their their individual right yeah grievances yeah. or whatever. So um, all right, so will there be a rogue two? <laughs> you know, getting the plans yeah. for the next Death Star. <laughs> oh yeah, I, mean, I thought about that because it's a lot of people a lot of people Boston, got confused. Like, a lot of people got confused. Like where's the Bothans at? Where's the Bothans at? No, that's like, the that's, other that, like, that's the other Death yeah. Star. Um, Jeez, nerds. And Manny Bothans. <laughs> that guy, you know, Manny Bothans. Yeah, Manny Bothans <laughs> died. <laughs> that would be amazing if it was just one guy. A, Manny. a human named Manny Bothans. <laughs> yes. We, we, oh, need sorry. See, we need to see his story. Um, sorry, did you yeah. have something else about Rogue One? No, I, yeah, I so, let's, what do you guys think about so the music? Um, yeah, it's the oh, first non-John Williams. We have the first non-John Williams. Star Wars. Michael Giacchino killed it. Yeah, I mean, I like him as a as a music guy. Um, but I thought that he he brought in enough um, John Williams elements, you know, yeah. key scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, but he still kind of made it his own mm-hmm. um, music. And uh, yeah, I thought the, it was the really theme good. when like the title card finally pops up, I right. thought it was really good. And... Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, the first non And I think that there was even, from the background of this movie, there was a Alexander Desplat, or however you pronounce his last name. Could be something, Desplat, who knows. Um, but he was originally brought in to, um, to do the music, and I don't know what happened. I mean, I don't know if there's rumors out there that he got fired or canned or whatever. But so, Michael Giacchino kind of came in, uh-huh. and, um, you know, almost the 11th hour type situation where I'm going to come in, I'm going to do this music, and... Uh, and I thought it, it, it did really oh, well. Great, yeah. Um, yeah, I was a big fan. I liked the soundtrack. Yep. And I thought the director, Gareth Edwards, I mean, I was trying to look at his, his um, kind of his resume, and this is probably his biggest movie. He did what Godzilla. He okay. He did um, Monsters, Godzilla, and then this, and I love yeah. all three of those movies. Oh, I didn't see Monsters. So Monsters, you've seen this? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Is it good? Is it yeah. like a horror movie? Is it? No. Is it's, it like a sci-fi? It's sort of like... It's it's a story set during a horror movie, but it's not like an actual horror okay. movie. Okay. It's just like there's and and that's why I was like, especially from that that first trailer, you get all like he's between monsters and Godzilla, like he's he does scale really well. Okay. Like monsters is about a world where like you know these whole sections of the world are you know quarantined off because of these giant creatures and you know okay. nuclear biohazards and all this mm-hmm. stuff. 
So, like, it has, like, this backdrop of all this stuff, but the story is just this guy trying to get this girl home, basically. Okay. Um, but you see, like, all of these, you know, scenes and shots of, you know, stuff going on in the background, mm-hmm. um, which makes him great for Godzilla, because, you know, I thought the, the scale, like, that, you know, the Godzilla movie was fine, yeah. you know, but it's a gorgeous movie. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and just the scale of Godzilla and some of those, like, shots, yeah. like, it looks really good. So especially that, that shot of, you know, uh, Jin walking to the platform and you seeing that TIE fighter yeah. come up and just, yeah. like, you get getting that scale of, mm-hmm. made, you know, him seem so perfect for this movie. Right. Um, I think, yeah, I think Monsters is a really good movie. Yeah. It's a really, okay. you know, it's a cheap, like, indie movie that... Okay. Like yeah. I, and like he did, you know, all the special effects himself, oh, pretty okay. much. Like, mm. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're getting pretty great directors to do these yeah. Star Wars movies. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm yeah. really excited about episode um, eight with, yeah. with uh, Ryan Johnson. Ryan Johnson has made like four perfect, three perfect movies so far. So yeah, so he did what he did a uh, Moon. No, no, that was Duncan Jones. No, that's Duncan yeah. Jones. Yeah. Looper. Uh, uh, Loop. Well, Brick, and then Brothers oh, Bloom, and yeah. then Looper. Oh wow! Okay, um, all yeah. three movies I like. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, three movies I love and own and have seen quite a few times. <laughs> and I need, I need to see, I need to see Brick and uh, the Brothers Bloom again. I've yeah. seen Loopers a bunch of times. That's I have all of that. Okay, <laughs> I'll noir on then. Yeah, Brick is like the best high school noir. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. So uh, I'm, I love Ryan Johnson. Oh, and then um, like a, a movie podcast that you turned me on to, Film Spotting. Oh, they have yeah. this, this um. Uh, award at the end of the sh- of, of the year called the Golden Brick Award, where they give to the to the movie that that um, I guess um, turned more people onto to it than, than like if if they wouldn't highlight this movie, no, not many people oh, yeah. would have seen it. So they have these all these nominees for what movie um, get, gets a Golden Brick, and and, and they it's all in honor of the movie Brick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they love. Brick is amazing. Right. <laughs> um, but they talked about that, and then a lot of people were like, "Oh my gosh, this movie is excellent!" Yeah. And so they were like, "Hey, we're gonna make an award called the Golden Brick yeah. Award." And then Colin Trevorrow is doing nine. Yeah. And they've got what is it? It's Phil Lord and Chris Miller doing the Han Solo movie, right? Yes. Yeah. So. Like, yeah. Which I'm excited about also because they got some really good casting. Um, Alden. Ehrenreich. Um, was how you pronounce the last like name? Alden Ehrenreich or Ehrenreich? Ehrenreich. Yeah, Ehrenreich. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and then um, Donald Glover for. For young Galando Calrissian, yeah. and that's all we've heard about. Really, I don't know if we've heard about any other people. I don't know if Jabba the Hutt's going to appear again in that, or seems likely. Yeah, let's hope he's CGI'd better than <laughs> better than Tarkin. Better than Tarkin. George Lucas's insert of Jabba the Hutt. That, that was the one I was yeah. talking about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's any uncanny Candy Valley with Jabba. I'm just going to walk out. <laughs> <laughs> I want puppet Java. That's right. <laughs> exactly. Um, there's some exciting things happening in the Star Wars universe. Of course, Colin Trevenow now has a, the hardest part, I think, of trying to figure out, you know, he's got some time now, but to try to figure out what the final mean, chapter, yeah. episode yep. nine, yeah. um, with, you know, Carrie Fisher. What about Lance? Yeah. Well, I mean, Lance. he's not personally responsible for the story. Of no, the, no, but he movie. might have a, a saying um, it, though. I think he's, yeah, I think he was meeting whole with team, the, though, the, whole the Locus, Lucasfilm story group or whatever yeah. um, to figure it all out. It's not, like, solely on his shoulders, yes. <laughs> um, luckily. Right. That's too much responsibility for one man. <laughs> right. But he's probably part of that, that, you know, he's probably... Mourning and stressing at the same time. Yeah, you know, there's that. That's the, the whole thing. Is like they're mourning the loss, but now there's like the story that we're excited about that we want to tell now has a you know big wrench thrown into it. Yeah. people die. People die, and um, yeah. it's unfortunate when you know she was only Carrie Fisher was only sixty when she died. So, but she even said that you know she lived a pretty hard life there for a while, and she she wrestled with a lot of you know personal demons. Obviously, she had some um, you know mental illness. And then the drug use, you know, does take a toll on human beings. And she even acknowledged that, even from the, um, if you saw, I was watching The Force Awakens, the um, red carpet thing when the, uh, the uh-huh. premiere, and she even alluded to that, you know, like, they asked her what was one thing if you could go back, and she was like, I would have been a lot better on myself, you know, yeah. um, than, I, than I was in my younger years. I would have taken care of myself a lot better. And, and a little bit of foreshadowing in, in real life of, of, of what obviously led to her her death, a heart attack. So, yeah, um, I thought you know Rogue One is 
It's a really good movie, and it does get better with each viewing. Like I said, I've seen it a few times. Well, Have you seen it twice. Twice. Yeah. Walking out, I told Nick, I think that's the best the best Star Wars film since Empire Strikes Back. Yeah. So it's my second favorite, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, I thought The Force Awakens got me excited about you know about seeing Star Wars movies again. Oh yeah. Um, and so now we, you know, we get Force Awakens, and then we get boom, we get this movie, and then we get to go back to that, you know, the 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 storyline, um, and then we get to you know pop back into um, to the Han Solo story again mm-hmm. because there's obviously there's a lot there to tell, and I'm glad they're doing it, and and maybe one of these days I'll catch up on and Rebels, which I heard is really really good. Yeah, I watched the first two episodes of the season. Of the new season? Yeah, they're good. Okay. And, I, and you've seen everything else up to that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, season two I thought was a lot better than season one. Okay. Yeah, I think I got maybe like six or seven episodes mm-hmm. in the season one, and then... Yeah, season one was all right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, season two is pretty good. The storytelling got a lot more tight, and they yeah. got a lot more stuff to do, though, so... Yeah, I can't watch a ton of, like, that and Clone... Like, the, the animation just turns me off so bad... Like, is, I really don't really like weird. that animation yeah. at all. I think, so, like, it's might, really hard to watch. That left apart, because I did not see all of the Clone Wars. I think I started watching that, and then... Yeah. I finally finished Clone Wars fairly yeah. recently. But and that's all on Netflix, I think, right? Yes. Yeah, but oof, it just looks so bad. <laughs> yeah. So. All right, I think that's enough Star Wars talk for this yeah. episode. Um, like I said, if you haven't seen Rogue One, I... I highly recommend seeing it. it okay, I haven't seen Rogue One. Why did you listen to this whole thing? <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, yeah. but, um, screwed up horribly. <laughs> bad life choices. Yeah, if, if our commentary filled in, like, I don't need to see you, Star Wars. I'll just listen to the Pumping Irony podcast. You've made a horrible mistake. Yeah. We're not that good. <laughs> yeah. um, I like us, but we're, we're not. But we're, we're not, not that good. good. Yeah. Go see the movie. Um, so, once again, my name is Tim. I'm Russ. And I'm Andrew. We'll catch you next time.